This is episode number 146 with Chandler Bolt. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. In each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. I hope you're having an incredible start to 2017 and on to a bigger and better year than you could even imagine. I'm excited to be here with you guys today and excited for what the Success 101 podcast is doing. As many of you have heard me say before, we have now been downloaded in 86 countries and I thank you so much for your support and your downloads and all of the comments that you send my way to help make this show even better and i cannot wait to bring the lineup of guests your way that i have coming out for you in 2017 including all of the coaching recordings and the live episodes with jordan earls that we will continue putting out weekly that have gained so much in traction and support for the show and downloads we thank you guys so very much for your downloads and continued support I also wanted to mention my 13-week mastermind class for you guys who might still be interested. That class will be closing quickly because we're starting at the end of January, but I want to keep it limited to a small group. We'll be going through individual and group coaching together. So if you're interested in having an incredible year and creating a bigger vision around systems, time management and efficiency, and much, much more, email my team at info at success101podcast to get your space today. Now, I'm extremely excited for our guest Chandler Bolt to join us on the show today. Chandler is the authority on getting people engaged and plugged in to write their very own book. I can't tell you guys what a big deal writing a book is for most people, and I know it was for me. When I was able to hold my finished book in my hands, my book that I released in 2016 that I just mentioned, From Success to Significance, there's just something about working on a book for a while pouring your efforts into it, writing it, revising it, working with the editors, and then finally getting to hold that finished product in your hands for the first time. As you'll hear today, Chandler is an awesome guy and he is very driven and entrepreneurial based in his efforts. He's also a guy who's determined to make big things happen on a grand scale. Chandler's got an interesting story in that he dropped out of school and went on to start his company, selfpublishingschool.com, which went on to scale to $1.3 million in its first full year. And this year he's on pace for over $2 million. Just an incredible, incredible startup story. Chandler's a five-time best-selling author and just published his newest book, Published, A Proven Path from Blank Page to Published Book. And we dive all into that here in our episode today. And I would encourage you guys to go on amazon.com and get your own copy. Chandler also teaches others how to not only write books in an easy and efficient way, but also teaches you the keys to getting those books published and also how to build a business around whatever you've created. Chandler and I had a great conversation and he's someone that you guys should definitely connect with on social media. And again, check out his book. It's a great book and I cannot wait to bring his message to you guys today. I know you'll get a ton out of it. So without any further delay, let's jump right into my conversation with Chandler Bolt. 
Chandler Bolt, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. How are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome. Great to be here. Man, I am so excited, like I said, to get you out there for the listeners because you've just had a ton of energy going lately your way. I see you on everything out there. And I know we're connected through a lot of the same people with the mindset of just going and making stuff happen. You've got your new book out that I'm excited to talk about, which is published, which I have uh, I've seen some of the videos and things like that that you've done out there. And it just looks like an awesome, awesome book. I look forward to getting my hands on it. And in fact, I know you've published five books, as I mentioned in the intro, but I would love to just hear from you how you accomplished what you're doing now and then go all the way back as far as you want to in your story to tell us how your beginnings were that shaped your mind around getting to where you are today and what you've learned along the way. Totally. So, I mean, I've got to give major props to my parents because I feel like a lot of the things that are happening in my life right now are a a big result of what they instilled in me growing up. So things like work ethic, things like persistence, discipline, things like that. Now, I actually wrote a full book about that. (laughs) Uh, And the 15 (laughs) things my parents taught me growing up that I thought was pretty normal, but got out into the real world and realized that nobody gets taught this stuff. So, you know, that was really the foundation of all of this. But then getting in the books side of things, which will probably be relevant for your audience. I think, you know, the way I got started there is I just wrote a book. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's I was a C-level English student, someone who hated writing and who wasn't any good at it. But I said, you know what, I've got a message to share. I've got something that I feel like I've learned the hard way that I want to, I want other people to learn from my mistakes and from my experience. So I want to write a short little book about this uh, and I want to put it out there. And if it sells a couple copies, cool. If it doesn't, no big deal. This is just something that I want to do. And uh, success to me looks like people reading this book and getting value out of it, even if it's only five people. So that's kind of the way it started. And, you know, that book ended up bringing in close to $7,000 in the first month and continue to bring in thousands of dollars a month in passive income. And really, which one was that? This was which the one was your first person. book? Yeah. So uh, it was the first book that I published, second book that I wrote, kind of confusing that way, but I, I published The Productive <laughs> Person. Uh, it started soaring to the top of the charts right before I dropped out of school. I did the second book, which was Breaking Out of a Broken System. That was my brother. That was for charity. So all of the proceeds from that book went to charity. Uh, It was kind of a buy one book, save one life. So if you buy the book, you're not only going to change your life, but you're going to save someone's life uh, because each book purchased uh, bought a life-saving malaria pill for someone in a third world country. So that was the concept there. And so I did a couple books and, you know, as someone who's a struggling English student, that was already kind of defying the odds, but even more so the books were successful. And so people just started asking about it and that kind of leads all the way up to where I am today, which is people asked about what I was doing and how am I doing this so successfully? And they asked me to teach them. And so at the beginning, I would just get on conversations with people and just tell them everything I knew for free because I was like, hey, I want you to be successful. So here's everything I did. Uh, and then eventually enough people kept asking about it. And I said, you know what? I should start charging for this and I should turn this into <laughs> a business. Uh, and so that's what I did. And that was the grassroots beginning of self-publishing school, the company that I run today. And Really fast forward a couple years from that, we've had thousands of people go through the program, uh, tons of books published. I mean, gosh, we're probably anywhere from five to 10 books a week being published through the school. And uh, so there's there's tons of books that are coming out and tons of lo- people's lives that are being shaped uh, and forever changed, just like my life was changed when I wrote and published my first book. Man, that is so awesome. And I know your story is packed with, uh, you know, there's a lot of nuggets from different things that I've heard about you and by you and content that you put out and things like that. But I want to back up to this fact here in just a second. 
that, you know, you mentioned it twice. You said I wasn't a great English student or and I was a C-level English student. People that are putting out books don't say that uh, or they hide it. Right. They, they're like, oh, yeah, I was awesome from the beginning. And I just went out and wrote these books, even if they even if they weren't. So you're vocal about that. And you're like, hey, man, I wasn't the greatest in the category that you should be for going out and writing books. And, you know, my big question for you is why this? Why this of everything else that you could have gone? You've obviously got an entrepreneurial mind. You left school early. And I'll, let, I'll give you a second to get into that in a second in here in just a minute, because I think our listeners need to hear about that journey as well. Mm-hmm. But you left school early to go pursue your passions. Why a book? And then obviously the big question, why on to five other books when you could have gone and done many other things out there? I would think for a lot of people listening in, they would think, man, I can go do a lot of things, but writing a book right. is not it. Right. What was it for you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, for me, I kind of tripped and fell into it. But and it was just out of the the necessity to share what I learned. And, and you know, there's something to be said for when you write and to publish a book, you kind of you submit your legacy in the sense that long after you're off this earth, you know, that book's still gonna be around. So it's kind of it's, right. it's a legacy play in many in many means. But also for, I mean, for me, it was the light bulb moment of passive income. I mean, when the book made close to six thousand bucks, I remember snowboarding all day one day and I was in Austria. <laughs> studying abroad. And I snowboarded all day. I had a blast. And I came home and the book had made 400 bucks that day. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, holy cow, this is insane. I mean, I just got paid to snowboard, which pretty you know, one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? So I saw the opportunity. And then to be a little bit cheesy, I I felt like the book for me, it it wasn't just a book. Uh, The book represented a key that unlocked this door to Narnia. You know, it was this world that I, I didn't even know existed, but all these opportunities started flowing to me. When I did my first book, I started being able to get on podcasts like this, Business Insider, Huffington Post, built a 4,000-person email list just off of that first book within the first few months. I mean, really, a lot of things started to open up for me, and I said, well, if my life was forever changed through this process of writing a book, then I can't imagine what this would do for other people. And so that's what sparked me to not only do it again, but to start teaching it to other people. And you can kind of, you know, see the trajectory of my business. And it's like each time we publish a book, there's a huge spike. Uh, And then it keeps going up after that. I mean, just as an example, in February of last year, we published my book, Book Launch. Now that book has, I think it's 512 reviews at the time of this recording. And so it's been a good success. But right after that book, came out, I was really pushing the limits with my business and all of my bank accounts were negative. Uh, I'd borrowed $15,000 from friends and family and we were doing the first big launch of self-publishing school. Uh, so we were throwing a lot of money into it. And so, wow. you know, that you can kind of, okay, all my bank accounts were negative. We launched the book in January. We brought in $180,000 uh, over the course of February, March, that time frame. And then we ended up doing about 1.32 million last year. We'll do about 2.25 this year. Now we did another book in April of last year. Then in July, we had an, another like 300 something thousand dollar month. You know, at the time of recording this, at the end of uh, 2016. You know, we just released uh, my most recent book, published, and I expect that that's going to catapult us into a pretty incredible 2017. So, I mean, a lot of the best things that have happened to me in my life have come on the heels of launching a book. And so that makes the writing part uh, a little bit easier (laughs) and I can push through it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I've never shared what I'm about to say here after, you know, 140 something episodes on the Success 101 podcast. I've had authors on here before, right? But I haven't had someone on here who's had success at writing books, multiple books, and then going out and teaching other people how to do that as well. 
Many people, though, know that I had a chance to write my first book as a co-authored book with my good friend Curtis Estes, From Success to Significance, and just, you know, really just looking at success on paper. And if you're not doing things the right way in life, and if you're not having incredible impact and meaning, money doesn't solve problems. Money can make things a lot worse, in fact, if you misuse it, you know, use it the wrong way. But for me, I got exactly what you're saying. I mean, I did not see myself as someone that would ever go out and write a book. I mean, I can sometimes barely walk and chew gum and, you know, whatever. So it's like actually being grammatically correct and putting down thoughts that people need to hear. I knew I had a lot to share and I knew the co-author had a lot to share as well. In fact, a lot more than I did because he's quite a bit older, but I wanted to grab that wisdom and put it into a book. And, you know, basically what I saw from that, number one, peak in confidence. Okay. So, so I didn't even really have it in anyone's hands, but you would say probably as, as well as I do, when you hold your own book for the first time in your hands, there's just something about that that gives you this sense of like, man, I've got to get my words out to the world. And now they're in print form and I can do that. How can I start shipping this out to people? Number two, it started making me realize just all the connection points there were out there, which I know that you've seen over and over, like you said, with your business, uh, you know, having a huge bump every time you write a book. Oh, yeah. But I would encourage people out there that are listening to this that may feel like they're in the same boat where they have things to share. They have things that they want to say, but they just don't, you know, writing a book is something they never thought that they would be doing. I mean, just it leads to so many open opportunities and so many uh, things around the corner that are there right now before you, but you just never had the confidence or the enthusiasm to go seek them out like you will when you write a book. And I'm sure you would agree the same. Oh, hundred percent. You know, it's, it's the actual creation process is a journey in itself, not to mention what happens after you finish it and actually put it out into the world. So walk us through, I want to pause here for just one second, and if you can just name your books for us, for, for anybody that goes out there and tries to find more of your work, obviously you've got your newest book published that we're going to dive into and tear apart here in just a second, because I'm excited to go into that with you. But what else do you have uh, out there besides your first one you just mentioned a second ago as well? Yeah, so let's see. We've got first book published was uh, The Productive Person, then Breaking Out of a Broken System, then... Productivity Hacks for Entrepreneurs, then Book Launch, then How to Not Suck at Writing Your First Book, then, <laughs> then Published. So Published is book number six. Uh, it's, and yeah, so those are, those are all of them. And I know that you were uh, named the influence of top 30 entrepreneurs under 30. Congrats there. You've got a, a host of great, great people around you in that. But to be able to do what you've done and leading so many people, you talked about the book having a lasting impression even after you're gone. Just think of all the people that you're impacting to help them do the same thing in their own lives and the ripple effect from that. I mean, it's hard for us to see the entire picture when we're kind of sitting in whatever stage of life that we're in. But I just think you're going to look back on this and go, man, I've helped X amount of people produce X amount of books out there. And I mean, it's just unfathomable the the ripple effect that that's going to have on so many people out there. So awesome, awesome job. It's It's so good what you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that, dear. So talk to me a little bit about the new book published. I know that you, I saw a Facebook live video of you the other day that I made a comment on where you actually took the book, you showed the table of contents. That was helpful for me because I think for a lot of people, and you may have gotten this feedback, when you see the book published for a lot of people that either don't think they can write or haven't had that, you know, nugget planted in their mind, they're thinking probably whenever they see that book published, it's like, oh, this is how to go out and write your own book. You flipped open the table of contents and showed us all on camera what was actually in the table of contents. And there was seemingly way more stuff in there 
than just, hey, here's how you go write your own book. Talk to us a little bit about how you picked what the meat of that book would be and what it really speaks to through those chapters. Yeah, well, you know, the frustrating thing for me when I wrote my first book is there wasn't a roadmap on how to do it. Now, I'm very much an execution guy. It's, hey, give me a step-by-step process and I can follow it and I can kind of hustle and grit my way to success. But you know, if you give me a blank slate, blank canvas, that's a little bit more difficult for me. I like to, you know, I think the surest way to be successful is to find people who have done what you want to do and then model it or, or ask them how they did it or learn from them how they did it. So that's what I did with this book or with my first book. And then I just, you know, screwed a lot of things up, learned things the hard way uh, over the course <laughs> of five books or six books now. And and over the course of uh, teaching thousands of people this process. So I said, you know what? I want to create something that's step-by-step step from I have an idea and maybe, I don't even know if this is enough for a book, but I've been thinking about it or maybe I've had people tell me that I need to do this. So from that point all the way to, okay, now I'm officially a bestseller. And I'm not talking about like a, a bestseller in some obscure category like underwater basket weaving right. in the Caribbean or something. You know, it's like... Uh, this is it's a real deal bestseller. So I set out to say, what is the step-by-step process for how you can do this? And so someone can purchase this book and they can read it and they can find out everything they need to do. So it starts with defining your idea, mind mapping your idea, turning that into an outline, writing the book, working with an editor. How do you get the draft finished? Turn that into an actual book. How do you get the title? How do you create a cover? How do you prep for your launch? How do you package this so that it's you know, successful? How do you actually market the thing? Like all end to end, how to use the book to grow your email list, to grow your audience. So really kind of the full end to end process for what you need to do to be successful with the book. And that's what I did here. And because I always like to tell people, I mean, I'm someone who did not like read or did not like writing, like I said, but I also didn't like reading growing up, which is just crazy to think about because at this point now, I, I read at least a book a week. So, I mean, we're near the end of 2016. I mean, I've read at least 50, if not 55, 60 books this year. And it, it, there's just so much knowledge to be had in books. And I always say uh, buying a book is like hiring a, a mentor, a genius who's likely made millions of dollars and you get their life's work of expertise for 15 bucks. I mean, that's a steal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So that's what I tried to do with this book is say, hey, look, you get my life's work on this whole book publishing thing for, you know, like 10, 15 bucks, which is just oh, Yeah. Good. And it's amazing out there how we don't, people out there that want to be successful and want to thrive and want to fight and want to just build better, you know, things for themselves and around themselves. They either don't surround themselves with the right people. Um, I know you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Jim Rohn is the, says you're the, some of the five people you spend the most time with. And for so long, you know, I heard that and it, I probably heard that a hundred times in my life. And it wasn't until probably the last year that that really clicked mm-hmm. for me. It's amazing how things you hear don't really make a difference until you're in a position to be able to hear those and receive those things, you know, out there to help us better improve ourselves. But also just people aren't reading books. I've heard over and over similar right. stat to what you just gave as far as 50 or 60 books, top CEOs, Fortune 500, people that are leading companies or entrepreneurs that people would want to be like, they're reading 50 to 60 books oh, yeah. a year. There's a reason why they do that, right? And uh, so many people out there are not picking up the knowledge that they could have in their in their hands. I'm curious, Chandler, I know that you've got a kind of a three-step process. I think you kind of started going into some of uh, the first step there as far as defining the idea, but can you take us through the actual steps so that people can hear 
how that mapping starts working in order to put your vision uh, down. 100%. And I, I want to back up just one second, just hit off of what you just said, and then I'll dive straight into the three-step process. I can't agree more with what you just said, Jared. There's an infographic that shows that, you know, the successful people read at least an average of 30 minutes a day. It's an entrepreneur.com infographic. It's really fascinating. And it, it decodes the, the habits of successful people. And, you know, on average, they read at least 30 minutes a day. I know Mark Cuban reads three hours a day. And I was like, that was actually the one non-negotiable when he married his wife. He said, we can negotiate on everything else, but you can't take my reading time away. <laughs> That's awesome. And so that, you know, not only that, but if you're talking about the Jim Rohn quote, I want to really hammer this home for, for folks, because I imagine that people probably just heard you say that. And just like you said that you used to do, they probably just said, oh, cool, the Jim Rohn quote again. Or maybe you're hearing this for the first time. Either way, I want to really challenge you to take this seriously and do a life audit uh, to take a look at the people that are in your life. The re that quote, I believe it so strongly that I moved halfway across the country to Des Moines, Iowa. Then I moved to San Diego. I created an entrepreneur house. There were five of us in the house. No coincidence there. And we were all running six or seven figure companies. I wanted to surround myself wow. with people who were doing exactly what I wanted to do. Then same thing. Uh, you know, just about four or five months ago, I moved to San Francisco. Same reason. I wanted to be around people who were, you know, at that point, my company had, was beyond seven figures. So I said, hey, we're eight figure, nine figure guys hanging out. I want to go there. And so that's why I'm in San Francisco now. So to surround myself with those type of people. So I really strongly encourage you to do a life audit. You know, at the time of this will probably be already passed by the time this podcast is published. But the time we're uh, we're recording this, it's coming to the holidays. And the holidays is a great time to stop and reflect because you're spending time with people who matter to you. But it's a great time to reflect. I mean, how do you feel coming out of the holidays, hanging out with your family, with friends, with things like that? You need to do a life audit. A mentor of mine said, there's four types of people. There's adders, multipliers, subtractors, and dividers. And so what I encourage you to do as soon as you finish this, uh, listen to this podcast is take a look at the the people in your life. Are they adders, meaning they add value or they give you energy? You hang out with them and they lift you up and you feel better. Are they multipliers, meaning they go out of their way to make sure that you're successful. They introduce you to people. They pump up what you're doing. They share the word about your business, about your book, about whatever else with other people. Or are they subtractors? They bring you down. They're negative. They're always watching the news. Uh, they're you know, complaining on Facebook about they're still complaining about the fact that Trump won. You know, they're just looking <laughs> right. for any reason to complain. There are people that say things like, same crap, different day, uh, you know, this, that kind of thing. Or are they dividers? They actually go out of their way to cut you down. They're the coworker that'll talk bad about you to the boss or to the coworkers when nobody's around. What type of people do you have in your life? Uh, and really just do an audit on those five people because that, that's going to make a big difference. So sorry to hijack way off the question. Oh, man. Uh, Round the corner yeah, here. So d write a note. <laughs> do that audit. Uh, as soon as you stop listening to this podcast, write down who are the five people that you spend the most time with. And are they challenging you in different areas of your life? Are they challenging you mentally? Are they challenging you spiritually? Do they make more, more money than you? So are they uh, challenging you financially? Um, or are they more successful than you? Like write down those people and s see... Because it doesn't mean that you have to cut them out of your life if they're subtractors or dividers, but you do need to either A, limit the time that you spend with them, or B, I remember hearing this from Grant Cardone, which is, he's kind of a crazy guy, but I really resonated with this thing that he said. He said he has a stop <laughs> sign where if people come in, it's a no negativity zone. 
And so he'll just say, hey, right. this, is, this is a no negativity zone. I don't, you know, uh, either, you know, we won't talk or you cannot talk negatively around me. And so then people will quickly get the message. Uh, and I've had to do that with family members say, hey, look, I don't engage in these kind of conversations. So I'm just going to remove myself from the conversation. And if you guys want to talk about this, go for it. I just won't be involved in the conversation. So then they know that, okay, if we're going to be hanging out, we need to not talk about people or the news or, you know, things that are, are negative and let's talk about positive things. So I'll circle back. Sorry. To, hang on. For the, the hang on. Here. I'm going to camp yeah. out on it here for a second. I think it's too valuable for, uh, for us to pass up on. And here's why so many people who listen to this podcast know that I was, I mean, I've never heard that in my life. You're either, what'd you say, adding, multiplying, subtracting yes, or, or dividing, or, yeah. or dividing you're that type of person. Okay. So I was definitely you know, I just heard these five seconds ago, so maybe I don't have as much context around them as I should, but I was either a subtractor or a divider. I'm not sure which one I was, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You've got to uh, limit how much time you spend with those people. But I would tell you if it's somebody that you think has gone down into this path of negativity, in other words, they've let the stress of the world come upon them. They've let just negative outcomes in their life come upon them. We all know it's easy to get bogged down into that. I've never said this before ever. This is, this is the second time I've said this on this podcast. I've never <laughs> said this at all after 140 something episodes, but it makes sense with what you just said. Limit your time with those people. And if you have to, yeah, remove yourself. Uh, you know, as, as Jim Rohn's kind of getting out there, you want to spend time with people that are going to really help take you to where you want to go. Don't forget about those people though, because if people in my life had forgotten about me, man, I was one of the most negative, pessimistic. Uh, I just didn't realize it. I had no idea. And it's just the great people around me that are or were in a position where I knew ultimately I wanted to go and just didn't have a clue how to see past my hand in front of me to get there. Those guys never forgot about me. And so they kept pouring time mm -hmm. into me. And there were some times where I had to go through some a little bit of heartache where people in Houston, where I used to live, there was a guy that told me once, like, man, I've really got to go seek out relationships that are going to help me build. And I got ticked, man. I took that as a direct oh. just knock against me. I realize now he was so right. right in what he was doing. And he didn't just forget about me completely, but it was one of those like, man, you're going to go choose to spend time with other people and not for me, man, forget, like, forget you, man, you know, whatever. And basically what he was doing was just saying, look, I've got to go find people that are going to take me where I want to go. So yeah, right. definitely. There's going to be people in your life that are going to get you on the right path. Spend as much time as you can, just as Chandler's talking about here. There's going to be some other people that never come along. And then there's going to maybe be people like me that can really make a 180 change. Oh, they just 100%. need to be shown. Oops. And, and yeah, you just so. have to level with those people because as you said, Jared, you know, I'd say subtractors are by far the most common group yeah. of people. Dividers are actually kind of rare because they actually usually have malicious intent for you. Or, you know, <laughs> right. they just, they just yeah. want to cut you down. But subtractors are, are very common and they often don't know it. So there's a couple things. I mean, just even just saying, hey, look, I don't look forward to coming home to the holidays because it's so negative and because you're so negative, we need a change here or I can't continue to come home for the holidays. Or e even just like laying down some boundaries, setting some boundaries, a lot of times, like you said, Jared, will shake people up into uh, to realizing, hey, okay, this is not okay. Or I'll give you a, a more pertinent ex example. You know, that'll obviously, that's a kind of a harsh, not a harsh, but it's a firm example. And some people might listen to that and say, Chandler, that's ridiculous. That's a little bit harsh. So I'll give another example. And that's, you know, my friends, they would always just cut jokes at like, oh, look at you, Mr. Big Shot going off to the big city. You think you got time right. for us anymore? And it's like, Hey guys, like, I know this is like, you're trying to mask this as a joke, but like, I don't really appreciate these jokes. And it's like, 
I don't think there's good intent behind them, so I would appreciate if you don't make them. And even just things like that, they, people can realize, oh, wow, yeah, that is very judgmental, and you know, I need to kind of chill out with that. Yeah, and people have a real problem with it because uh, it appears to be, and I think it is, I mean, let's call it what it is, it is very self-seeking. But normally, whenever you say stuff like that, people get like, oh, self-seeking, nobody should do that. I think in this realm, you have to take care of yourself first so that you can be the person you want to be in the future, whether that is a father, husband, great friend, leader, mentor. So I think it really is self-seeking. I mean, if you're the type of guy that wants to be all of those things, father, husband, mentor, leader, if you fill in the blank, whatever it is you want to be as a guy, you know, it's not going to help if you're not looking out for yourself first. It's like the airline's going down. You've got to put your mask on first before you put on everybody mm-hmm. else. But mm-hmm. but self-seeking in some ways is bad, right? I said on a podcast the other day talking about how the mentally strong people think. And one of the things I said in there was if you're sitting around breathing in, if somebody's just sitting there blowing cigarette smoke on you, secondhand smoke, just even people that smoke don't want that, right? They don't want just blowing smoke all in their face. You'd get up and move. You would leave that person behind or at least say, hey, man, put that thing out. I don't want that blown in my face, whatever. Same idea here. You've got to pick up and leave those people behind. And it seems very, uh, like I said, it seems like you're choosing other things over them. Well, in reality, you are. And if they want to come along with you, they will be the type that don't get so offended by that and they realize what you're trying to say and that you do care about them. You want to bring them along. But if not, you got to leave them behind at some point or you won't be the person you want to be long term. 100% agree. So sorry uh, to derail there, but I think that was just so good for our listeners to hear. So you've got uh, step number one is, is defining the idea. <laughs> back, yes. back to this topic again. Back to the three-step process. So yes, uh, three-step process. Uh, one is, is uh, coming up with the idea that you think you want to write about. Um, so this could be the hobby that you have, a topic that you love, something that someone said, hey, you should write a book about that. It should be, it could be lessons you've learned the hard way, what you do as a profession, the pain points of the conversations that you're always having with your clients and with your customers, whatever that idea might be. So you write that uh, topic in the center of a piece of paper, a blank sheet of printer paper if possible, I'd like for it to have no lines. Then what you're going to do is step one is you're going to create a mind map. You're going to brain dump everything you can think about, everything you know on this topic. So every story that you have, lesson that you've learned, life experience that you have, book that you've read, anything that you can think of on this topic is going on the page. No filter, just anything. And that's going to spark. And it's going to start to look kind of like a, those tree branches and yeah. uh, tree graphs in math class when you're little. So you like go out and out and out and out and out and out and it's just going to expand and expand. And this idea is going to spark another idea. And you're going to spend 15 to 30 minutes on this part. And now our, I know I already gave you an assignment for after you finish this podcast, but here's assignment number two, okay? And it's to do your mind map. Spend 15 minutes and you will not regret this. So I sure hope that you do this. As soon as this podcast is over, spend 15 minutes doing your mind map. Now, you're going to brain dump everything that you can think of. Now, what usually happens at this point is people realize, oh, I've got way more to write about than I thought I did. And so it it starts with, Chandler, I've got this idea that I could maybe write five pages about. And when they get done with the mind map, they say, Chandler, I've got two to three books I could write. I just got to figure out which one to (laughs) write first, which is a much better problem to have. So you're going to get that mind map done. And then what you're going to do is once the mind map's complete, you're going to start to see some common themes and you're going to turn these themes into sections. So you're going to start to group ideas into four to seven sections. Now you're going to organize those sections in the order that you'd like to cover them in the book. And this is going to be the beginnings of step number two. So you, you organize those four to seven sections and within each section, you're going to drill down into some chapters. So it might be two, three, four chapters. 
per section. You're going to drill down, and this is actually going to form your chapter-by-chapter -chapter roadmap or your outline. So this is going to be your high-level outline for your book. Now, that leads me to step number three, which is to write the dang thing. Now, that seems awful simple when I say it that way, but there's two paths that you can take here. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. So uh, path number one is, is to physically write the book. So what you're going to do is you're going to do the process that I just taught you, this mind map outline write process, and you're going to repeat that on a chapter-by-chapter -chapter basis. So you'll take chapter topic number one, and you'll, you'll spend 10 minutes mind mapping everything you know about that chapter. Then you'll spend 10 minutes turning that mind map into an outline. Then you'll spend 40 minutes to an hour actually writing the chapter. Now, path number two that you can take when it comes to writing your book is to actually speak the book. So you'll still do the mind map and outline for the chapter, but then you'll speak it and we'll say eight to 10 minutes. Then you get that audio transcribed. Now, instead of staring at that dreaded blank page, uh, you've got a draft to work with that you can kind of mold, edit, and turn into an actual book. Yeah, that is so awesome. I mean, I'm just getting excited sitting here thinking about just the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Never heard it broken down that way. Defining uh, your idea, your mind map, 15 to 30 minutes on that, just writing, writing down every thought that you can get out. And then, yeah, you're right. It's like a tree that has those branches and you've got all this jumble of stuff, but it's meaningful stuff. It's stuff that made the page when a lot of other things didn't make the page. 100%. That's what you're going to carry on and, and write the book. Uh, man, so I'm... Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, just on a, a little bit of a side note, but I think it relates. What technology are you using right now in life, in book writing? In, I mean, I'm a big tech guy. I love apps. Yep. I love anything that gives automation to my life or efficiency to my life. What are your favorites that are out there right now that our listeners could take value from? Yes, you should, uh, you should link up to, uh, we've got actually a blog post on this. It's like, which software is the best to use? And we kind of break down the different ones for different folks. I think you might like it, but what I use, I started out with Word doc on my first book, and then I transitioned into Google Docs for every other book that I've done uh, because just it's a fluid doc and you can work with editors. So I just use Google, uh, Google Docs. Uh, so a lot of people like to use Scrivener. That's a little, little bit more complex tool. Uh, you can definitely do that. But then there's some other tools that are available as well. We kind of break it down. It's actually the most popular post uh, on our blog. It gets like tons of traffic. Uh, oh, so yeah. How would it People seem to, I guess a lot of people have that same exact question that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I think just with so many people, especially my listener, listener base that is into peak performance, high activity, maximum potential, all of that. I think you, uh, you have to utilize the things around you. So anything else just in life in general that you've got on your phone that you find extremely helpful that you could share with us? Uh, in life in general, I mean, Asana for my team. Oh man, Project I talk about Asana Internet. all the time. Gosh, love it. That's great. Um, huge tool. Uh, very helpful. I also, I'm a firm believer in tra time tracking. I think this probably drives my team crazy a little bit, but I, <laughs> it, you know, this is a Peter Drucker thing. What, what you don't know where you're spending your time until you track it. And when you track yep. it, it'll actually, it'll probably be pretty eye opening. So there's the crap out of you. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So there's toggle T O G G L. Um, there's also the rescue time, which runs yep. automatically. Yeah. Podcast I, I just put that. out today when this is posting, I talked a lot about rescue time. It's great. Talk to me a little bit about your mentors. Who do you follow? Who do you like to follow? What advice do you get? I mean, obviously you got to where you are today, not on your own. You had, uh, you know, you've got your creative mindset that we're all each individually born with and you use that to your, your potential out there. But who have you learned from and, uh, and who do you like to follow out there? Oh gosh, so many, so many great people. I, uh, I'm a big Rockefeller guy. Yeah. 
John D. Rockefeller. I mean, I think you 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 study the greats, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. I mean, I know those are super cliche, but I like reading biographies on people like that. Those people are definitely people I look up to. I mean, in terms of modern day, I really like the way Michael Hyatt runs his business. Yeah, uh, I have a ton of respect for him, and I I look up to him a lot. Uh, there's Hmm. That's a couple of the main ones. I usually go for topical mentors. And so what am I trying to get good at? Okay, right now, one of those things is leadership. So I'll look around in my network. Okay, who's just a really great leader? And then I'll, I'll start to learn from them in that aspect. And then I also try to have uh, mentors who are outside of my field. So I mean, I think the worst thing you can do is just kind of go down one vein. So sure. okay, cool. Info marketing online person, like I, you know, just follow, start following a bunch of them because you start, then you start drinking a particular brand of Kool Aid that not uh, many other people drink, and you start to get way into that. So I think it's helpful to have cross perspectives, uh, cross industry perspectives, um, because that helps not only make you into a more well rounded business person, but it helps you bring some some great uh, great lessons from other industries into the industry that you're in. No, oh, absolutely. That's one of the things when I had uh, Grant Cardone on my podcast, there's a lot of people, I mean, he's very polarizing, right? As you alluded to a few minutes ago, you either love, 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 love and soak up all his material or you're like, man, I, I need a lot less of that guy. <laughs> but but I think the people that say that just aren't really getting him for what okay. he is. I can see through a lot of what he's saying. And even if I don't agree 100% with what he's saying, I, I get the message behind it. And one of the things he said on my podcast that'll stick out for the rest of my life is he talked about the concept of going wide, which is not anything new. It's just the way that it was framed and, and phrased in there is that you've got to be, you know, a, a car has these cylinders that are running and these pistons, and it's not just one thing that's carrying the car. It's going wide. It's doing a lot of different things. And I think you're exactly right. Getting caught up going down that path, even if it's something exciting for you, if you stay in it too long, you could find yourself stagnant and not growing. And so I love to hear that, that you're growing outside of your own industry because you're at a point right now where you've got a lot of attention going with what you're doing for good reason. But I love hearing that you're in the midst of that, still looking outside of that to figure out ways that you can grow even better. One book that I'd recommend to you that I've mentioned before on here a lot is uh, Hacking Leadership by Mike Myatt. I don't know if you've read that before, but it's just, it's a a go-to. It's kind of the 11 hacks for just the common leadership problems that people have out there and how how we can actually make it a lot easier to become great leaders. So Hey, Chandler, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, I've got one other question that I really want to pick your brain on, and that is really just in your short time that you've been going through all the stuff that you've been doing, what are the biggest lessons you've learned from what you've done that you know are going to propel and carry you on to greater things in the future? Ooh. uh, (laughs) That's a lot to unpack. So many, so many. Um, One that I'm really learning lately is just patience. Uh, and how important that is to be patient because as a mentor told me one time, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. That's exactly right. We very much live in a, I want it now type of society. Uh, and I, I fall into that category where I'm always pushing and I'm just really getting after it. And so that's one thing, the power of work ethic and discipline. I'm not naturally a disciplined person. At least I didn't used to be. That's something I, I kind of crafted. You know, I was kind of a wild just ADD kid. And, and I, I started really fostering the culture of discipline. And then the biggest, most important lesson I've learned recently is the power of systems in your business uh, and how if you don't create systems in your business, then you're never going to have freedom uh, and you're never going to have something that you can sell or even something that you can just consistently grow. Because as an entrepreneur without systems, you are the main juggler <laughs> and is, the business only continues to live and grow and thrive as you juggle. 
So if you stop juggling, then all the balls fall, right? Uh, right. But creating systems allows those balls to stay up in the air, um, regardless of just your personal effort. So for a long time, I because I, I am such a hard worker and I've never met anyone that can outwork me, I relied on that. And I said, okay, well, nobody can outwork me and I'm just going to do that. And But then you realize that it's kind of futile to just, just work for the work's sake or to be inefficient by working and not creating systems. So that's the biggest lesson I've learned recently. Man, those are huge. Those are so good. And good for you to know it at your age now. And, and my revelation on a lot of things like that came at a young age. I've got clients that I work with right now in the financial planning world that are 40, 50 plus years old that are just now realizing like, man, I should have done a lot more with mm-hmm. what I had, or I went down this one path and never sought anything else. And most of it's fear, right? It's, I can't get out of this one thing that I'm doing because of what I've kind of built around me. And what they're not realizing is the whole go wide thing. If you step out just a little bit and get other things going, now you've got even a wider, broader stance to, mm-hmm. you know, to go, uh, go from. So last question here, I'll put you on the hot seat for just a second. And I think my listeners would really want to know, really, here we are 2016 end of the year. I'm not sure exactly when this thing's going to go out. Clemson's number two, 12 and one, right? Deshaun Watson, he's, you know, wants to get some revenge from last season, but so here we are end of 2016 in December. What, you know, really, what does Chandler Bolt want right now? If you had to break it down to your greatest desire going forward today or going forward, what do you really want? Uh, to know that uh, long after I leave this earth that I made, uh, made made a difference and made the world a better place. Uh, my definition of that is is a hundred million and a billion dollar plus company. Uh, so that's what I want to create because I know that those it's like everyone has talents and skills, right? And for some people, joining the Peace Corps is is the best way that they can make a difference. For me, I know that the best way that I can make a difference is building a lasting company and changing people's lives in the process. Uh, so that's what I want in my life, and knowing that I've left it out all out on the field and. I've, I've done that while creating a, an amazing life for my family and, and without sacrificing that, uh, that life and that time with them. So that, that's uh, more than anything else. That's what I want. Man, Man it, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt if we had a, a, a couple of Clemson victories in the national championship. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Man, uh, that would be good. I know that there was some heartbreak last year, so it, that'd be, uh, that'd be good to see. I'm an Aggie fan, a Texas A&M Aggie fan. So, you know, we just, we go through our downs and downs <laughs> and more downs. So, you know, um, but good to root other people on, I guess. So, well, man, thanks so much for your time. I know you're busy and all over the place. So thanks for coming and dropping some nuggets on us here on the Success 101 podcast. Where can we point listeners your way to send more traffic to you and the things that you're doing to make those lasting impacts on social media or your websites? Where's the best place to go to connect? Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, one is definitely, uh, if you want to check out the book, the new book published, you can check it out on Amazon or go to self-publishingschool.com. Uh, forward slash published. Uh, and then we also have a blog at the self-publishing school website. It's self-publishingschool.com. Uh, you can navigate to the blog from there. Uh, and then I mentioned that article. You might just want to link that up for people. Who are yeah, I see that hey. you just shot it over to me. Thanks so much for doing that. I'll link it up in show notes for sure. Perfect. So that's it. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm hanging out on Facebook too. So you can find me there. Yeah, a lot of live videos. It's good. <laughs> I think there was one. I, I saved it. I need to go back and look at it. But it was like travel, travel hacks or something oh, like that. Oh yeah, that one. Got, that, I'm just blown away. That one got a lot of traction. People love that one. Apparently, yeah, it was relevant. I got to listen to about half of it, and then I had to bail. And I was like, dude, I'm saving this because the stuff you were throwing out. I was like, mm, never heard of that one. Never heard yep. of that one. That could have saved me some money. Never heard of that one. So. <laughs> I'm going to go back to it. But man, thanks so much for what you're doing. Look forward to seeing your continued success and uh, look forward to uh, getting everything in show notes uh, when this thing goes out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jared. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, I enjoyed having Chandler on the podcast today and hope you took a lot away from his message as a driven self-starting entrepreneur with a big, big vision to teach you how to conquer more, including writing your own book and then building a business around that. If you guys want to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is by email. Email my team and I at info at success101podcast.com or you can find me in the world of social media on Facebook and Instagram at success101podcast or on Twitter at Warren Jared. I look forward to an incredible year of the Success 101 podcast, more coaching opportunities and more opportunities to connect with all of you guys as we blaze on into 2017 together and seek higher levels of peak performance through new concepts and ideas. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then.